0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldigan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'll be hosting this episode. I'm a software developer and tech leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem web 3 and virtual reality are my current time suck and i am passionate about technology and entrepreneurship as the founder and cto of new idea machine giving back to the community is important to me i am always available to offer advice on technology and business get your creative juices flowing in this abundantly charming conversation with michael dargie here we go Hey everybody, welcome to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Today my special guest is Michael Dargie. Michael, hi. Hey Alan, how you doing? I am well, I am well. So Mike's one of the most interesting and fascinating people I've known, and I've known him for a very, very long time. We went to junior high school together, so.
1: Man, that is a long time.
0: Yeah, but somehow we reconnected, which is, which is awesome. And I want want the world to know all about Michael Dargy, and I'd also make more creative. We'll get there soon enough. But first, let's talk about you. So, what what was your uh, growth of of from a child to a career professional? How did why don't you tell us a little bit about how that went?
1: Oh my wow! Okay, Al, you like ask <laughs> the big questions right out of the gate. Hey,
0: you said I could go anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. And you'll remember some of this actually from yes. from back in the day. So we moved here from just outside of Toronto in 70, 78, 79, something like that. And my dad, in his infinite wisdom, so I was 10, just to, you know, that's my, now you know how old I am if you math. <laughs> my dad bought us a TRS-80 uh, Coco, like color computer, one of the first personal computers ever. And, you know, we had the big phone coupler modem. I had like a four color printer, which was actually four colored pens. And I learned, taught myself basic, like how to program in basic so I could make pictures and write music on the computer. Nice. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started. Mom then became journalist. So she ended up with, you know, this, this K-Pro and she ended up with some software called PageMaker back in the day. So that was the 80s, the early version we had all this freehand and so all these cool tools that i could make art with and do things with page layout and design stuff and i was young and there's no training available so i just taught myself all of it or learned from my mom she would teach me some stuff and that's kind of the trajectory uh, you know i ended up starting my own graphic uh, company uh, called radical artistic tendencies and we did big murals <laughs> on like world health and fitness and bars around town and stuff and then Gosh, I ended up teaching at New Horizons Computer Learning Center for a bunch of years and co-wrote the curriculum for the Calgary Board of Education New Media program way back then because they didn't have anything. So right. we're you know developing 3D and video and audio and web con- you know how to actually make that stuff. And then I got headhunted away to take over at Applied Multimedia. And uh, so I ran that school, the classical animation, digital animation, and new media labs there for a couple of years. And then the headhunters got a hold of me again and whisked me over to service intelligence where I became the communications director for service intelligence, which was multinational customer experience management firm. And, you know, gosh, for like five years, worked with some of the biggest brands on the planet, which was really cool. And then we sold the company and I got packaged out. I spent a year teaching at mount royal and then i started my own thing 17 some odd years ago and here we wow. are today now you're caught so, so make more creative is actually 17 years old yeah it was new west creative at a at a certain point and then it became make more creative ah because new west creative point. wasn't enough you had to make more creative that's right yeah uh-huh. and now i'm looking at another company called even more creative <laughs> 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 now with more creative <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's absolutely cool. Oh God, that brings back memories because I had the same TRS80 color computer at a Cocoa 2. Yeah. And I had that same little <laughs> printer with the little pens in it.
1: The little pens, I yeah. love that thing. I, I would love one of those today. It's, like a, re- so much fun. it's like a receipt printer, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. And you might remember John Crowdis. Um, yes. But him yeah. him and I used to trade games and we would, you know, go on Bolton boards with our you know, phone coupler. Like we had the phones kids that with the rotary phones so we had to dial the numbers with a rotary phone then put the phone on it and they would make all the squeaky sounds and yeah
0: yes we would
1: trade games with cassette
0: tapes i remember that sound you would hear when you connected your modem
1: (laughs) oh Oh, the days!
0: (laughs) that's too funny that's too funny so so these days make more creative uh, what sort of what sort of things do you specialize in?
1: Our the specialty we specialize in brand development. So our our promise is to help you find shape and share your story with the world. Mm. Through the course of my career, I would meet companies. We specialize in working with small to medium sized enterprises, like SMEs mm-hmm. or SMEs, mm-hmm. and Schmese. people would come to us and say, "Okay, well, I'd like a new logo, or I'd like marketing material." That's a big one. You know, we we want a brochure for an event coming up and be Mm -hmm. like, okay, great. Tell us about who you are. And most companies didn't really have anything that would inform us to who they are, like what, what they did in the world and that sort of thing. Right. So over the course of my career, I developed something that I call brand jitsu, which is a methodology I use every single time to understand what a company is. It answers four basic questions at the beginning. What do you do? Why do you do it? Who do you do it for? And why do they care? And once we know that, then we can build on that DNA and really a deeply, deeply understand the the company that we're working for. And more importantly, the people that they're serving are the heroes of the story, their customers, because we really want to connect those two things. And mm-hmm. we can't connect those things if we don't know who the company is, and we can't connect those things if we don't know who the customer is. So we built this, uh, this it's not even intricate, it's, it's quite simple and elegant. But it's, it's a process that we go through every single time to make sure that we get that. Right. That makes so much sense. I mean, I think I can imagine that
0: you would get a whole lot of, here's our logo, here's our colors, make me a brochure. And yeah. and without knowing who the company is, how do you pick the voice and how do you decide you know what the message is going to be and stuff? That's that's a yeah. fundamental, right?
1: Yeah. And most people, for whatever reason, and I just think that there, there's a lot of different reasons probably why that doesn't happen. But Mm -hmm. they just might not. Sometimes companies grow too fast or sometimes Mm. they're they're fairly new and they don't know or they don't know Mm -hmm. if they should know. Mm -hmm. And then there's some companies that have just it's always been this way. So that is how it is. And it doesn't really help, you know, to your point, understand the voice or how they show up in the world. Right. Right. Because we do our best work when we intimately know the customer and the people that they're serving. Mm -hmm. Because then we can Mm -hmm. have fun. Yeah. Which is the, the key to the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That
1: makes a whole lot of
0: sense. So what's, what's like one of the wildest projects that make more creative has done? Uh,
1: wild in what way? Well, like, you know, like, <laughs> cause
0: I, yeah. obviously everything's going to be creative and interesting as, as much as you can make it, but what's, what's something that stands out that like is off the beaten path from what you typically see in, in the, mm. in the,
1: in the world. Uh, man, that's such a great question. And I would say the one that stands out right now, and it's fairly recent, like within the last few years is we were approached by a funeral home and they were looking to rebrand or understand their brand better. And I will tell you that in the beginning, I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't sound like a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, but we we ended up sitting down and meeting with them to find out if they were willing to go places that maybe would be, I want to say uncomfortable, like, or at least explore with us. Mm-hmm. Because that's the the key to our relationships that we have with all the companies we work with are the willingness to explore, to go places, to challenge the status quo, not in a mean way or an awful way, but like a curious way, like mm-hmm. to, you know, look under that rock and be like, oh, that's slimy and awesome. Let's play with that. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we ended up meeting with this company and the company name is Pearson's Funeral Home. And they are such a lovely group of people family run they've been around for like 40 years and i will tell you that in the beginning i was just like i don't know like a family run funeral home but beautiful lovely people that are doing it for all the right reasons they're pure of purpose they are willing to explore and you know look at things we came up with this lovely campaign for them called life by mary and it's been all over like billboards and buses in calgary and you know basically, it celebrates life. It celebrates the life that you're living now. And, you know, it puts you in the picture of, you know, one point, we're all going to die. We know that. But the idea is, you know, enjoy your life now. Live a, live a life worth living, you know, be present and, you know, celebrate that. And I think that, you know, just finding that was really important. And that led to Life by Zane, which is this amazing guy that um, he passed away, you know, way too soon. He was a young, young man, but his parents actually approached Pearson's and asked if Zane could be part of the campaign. Could we do a life by Zane to celebrate his life? And I honestly like that's just that's that's a huge credit to Pearson's, you know, that they're, you know, celebrating life and the, the service they offer for people is amazing. The fact that this family, you know, Janica and John approached us and said, you know, could Zane be part of this? And they were willing to go there and, you know, share Zane's story. It was just beautiful. So, I mean, like I get goosebumps when I, when I think about it, when I talk about it, when I see Zane on the back of a bus, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> like that to me is the power of understanding, you know, a, a story and people. How cool! Yeah, yeah, that's really really yeah. cool. I like still have a smile on my face every time I think about <laughs> that. It's so great, it's epic, yeah. and you
0: you your office is in C space, uh which which is really a really really cool original place. Like yes, nobody can see that that you're you have this really cool background and there's a looks like a package of dynamite on the back
1: wall there. There uh, is that's from a drop bear and <laughs> panda production we did. <laughs> let's let's that's a good segue. You do um you do a lot of other
0: stuff besides your marketing company. I was just at uh, uh, Loose Moose Theater last night, and I understand there's a
1: connection with you there as well. You want to talk a bit about that? Sure. Yeah, Loose Moose is an amazing place. I'm so glad you guys went. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so Loose Moose has been a part of my life, actually, since we moved to Calgary, just to go back even that far. Wow. Um, My dad, you know, right or wrong, took us to Loose Moose when we were like 10 or 11. Back then, it was up on McKnight Boulevard in a place called the Simplex. And I imprinted hard on Loose Moose Theater. Uh, It's funny, like I took a lot of classes, took classes with Keith Johnstone. And other members of Frank and Tony Totino come to mind as people that ran, um, uh, you know, some workshops, but I was young, I was impressionable. I was, uh, I learned how to fail back then, which is a very important part of, you know, improvisational theater and not just failing, <laughs> but failing gracefully, you know, and one of the things that, you know, Keith would always say is if, you know, if you have a choice, always start positive. And that's mm-hmm. always stuck with me, so I never got on stage in those early days, like I did I did the classes, you know, and that was fun, but I, I never took to the stage. Some of my contemporaries did. Um, you know, back then, kids in the hall came from Loose Moose. took uh, no well, a, a chunk of them anyways. like oh, wow I had classes with Bruce, Bruce McCullough. Mark McKinney was just in town recently. Uh, so you know there's some Andrew Fung, if you watch you know Kim's Convenience and Run the Burbs. Of course, he's from uh, Loose Moose theater. Anyway, long story short, uh, loose moose is huge in my life. but I left that. I ended up having a family, moved out of town. And when I came back to Calgary, I want to say eight years ago, I guess eight or nine years ago, the very first thing that I did was I started going back to Loose moose. So I started volunteering, started getting some stage time, reconnected with you know the the joy that is, improvisational theater, failing gracefully, starting positive. You know, I've been in, I want to say like 13, 14 kids shows over the course of that time. Just uh, directed my very first kids show last year, and I'm directing another one this year. So I love it. I think that it's such a lovely, warm, inviting place. Um, You know, the people there are just amazing. We did some really cool stuff during the pandemic. We shot some short films. To help, you know, keep the theater open and alive and thriving. Every year they do a Christmas Carol. And the first one that we did was Christmas 1919, uh, which was, you know, back in the original pandemic, the OG (laughs) pandemic of 1919. So we did a silent film. We shot it all in Loose Moose, all masked, socially distanced, shot on green screen. Uh, (laughs) We we did the full show that way. It was hilarious. It was so much fun. That's uh, so cool.
0: I'm yeah. glad you're a big part of that. That's, you know, my son and I went yesterday and yeah. uh, we were really, I had tears in my eyes at a couple, a couple spots where it was, they were just so funny, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, people are throwing, throwing ideas at them and making them like they'd say stop. And then they'd like give them like a total twist on the idea. And then you'd have yeah. to, you'd watch their, their eyes and their faces and you're just like, <laughs> Their brains are just like crunch, 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 and then they're like, and then they're off in another direction. And it was just yeah. like really uh, such a fun experience for the audience, you know, and it's very interactive. Everybody gets to yeah. vote, <laughs> yeah, which, which, I, which I thought was funny.
1: Yeah, well, some Something that most people don't know is that the people up in the booth that are running the sound and lights are also improvising at the same time. Uh-huh. So the entire show is put on in a moment and it's a show uh-huh. that you'll never see again which I love.
0: (laughs) Right.
1: So you get these special, special moments that every once in a while, it's, it's fairly easy to make people laugh. And I I don't mean that in a, in a jerky way. I mean, there's, there's things that are funny. We know that, but not everything is memorable. And Mm. I think that when you, when you fight for truth or you have some truth on stage, or you find those, you know, really cool moments, you'll remember them for years to come. You'll be like, Oh, do you remember when Jen Bain did her solo scene with her dog puppet. And there will be people, hopefully, that listen to this that saw that show. They're just like, oh, my God, like standing ovation. She didn't say a word, just Jen Bain and her dog puppet. Incredible. Oh, that sounds, yeah,
0: that sounds great. <laughs> well, I'll definitely be going back. That was a really wonderful experience. Yeah, cool. Now, one thing that is really fun is that you and I reconnected in VR again. Yeah. <laughs> and so... um <laughs> You know, you you got kind of uh, shown a bit about VR recently, like recent VR, and then you yeah. just like, I'm in. So let's yeah. talk a, talk a bit about that experience.
1: Sure, uh, yeah, what a what a wild ride that is. So we, I, the first time I saw VR was probably a couple of years ago, but it was like it was passing. I was helping a company called VRK at the time with some brand work, and they're now VR Core, really cool group of people, but. It was too expensive like to get like the the headset because I want to say they were HTC Vive and you had to have a special computer and all this stuff. I'm like, it's challenging, right? Like you're looking at a couple thousand dollars just to have this experience at your disposal. And then uh, we were talking with Ryan Hanetka, and he was just like, oh, yeah, like I'm part of this VR group and like I've got this Oculus Pro and blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, oh, tell us more. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so we ended up like my son and I, Keegan ended up going out and getting Oculus pros like right away. Cause they just went on sale. We're just like, well, jump on it. Let's just jump right into this world. And lo and behold, there's Al Del Deegan in there. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that, you know, we can just grab these things, put them on our heads. They're not connected to anything is insane. Um, yes for all those doctor who fans out there it is bigger on the inside Uh, (laughs) it's just it's a fascinating experience and uh, it's the way that i like to do virtual meetings now like uh, forget zoom and google meets if you can have a meeting where you're sitting across the table from someone like al we've had meetings in the metaverse where you know i can see the expression on your face right like even though you're like this cartoony avatar you and I are having a conversation just like we are now, but then we can, you know, walk and look over the balcony to a cityscape, or you know, we can shoot Nerf guns at each other <laughs> if we want to. <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me. Uh, it really is a gift to be, you know, in this time and place right now.
0: I agree, hundred percent. with With regards to so, there's a, obviously there's a lot of fun in VR. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of goofing around and stuff like that. Yeah, but you. Out of out of anyone else, I suspect you really see a lot of business case in in VR. You've got that creative mind. You're like probably already your brain's probably already shot out into the universe and thought of a whole bunch of different creative business use cases. You have any that you want to like, can you think of anything off the top of your head?
1: Oh, my goodness. Al, what a question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is the hard hitting news story
1: here yeah man like right out of the gate you hit me then like it's body shots now i i wouldn't say that there's there's nothing that's super crazy that i've thought about yet because it's it's all so new and wild to me but the fact that like we just did wakefield brewster who's the poet laureate here in calgary just did vr event and it was awesome uh, to get people from all over the world. And that's, that's the other thing is that we had people literally from all over the world come to watch Wakefield uh, drop poetry and truth on stage. And that is incredible. That's a gift. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that, you know, you can make your avatar whatever you want, you know, so there's, there's a whole lot of things that pop to mind when that happens is that, you know, now you're just interacting with people on And I don't even want to say face value. It's like who they are when you interact with them. It's not, you're not casting judgment as much as we'd like to say we're not judgmental people. You know, now we're not casting judgment on your clothing or the color of your skin or, you know, whether you got a mohawk or not or or earrings or, you know, like you can be whoever you want to be and show up how you want to show up in that world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that is what's sneaking around in my mind as an interesting exploration yeah i'm glad
0: you brought up the wakefield Brewster because that was so unique we used a platform called remio and yeah. the people from remio uh sort of sponsored it and uh, and and they were actually there a couple of them were actually there helping us put the event on yeah. and they were just they're completely uh you know i don't know what's the right word enamored or whatever they, were, they yeah. were just they were they were right into that experience one of the ladies was she had her little virtual video camera up and she's capturing (laughs) clips and photos and stuff. And I bet, I bet you they had a good conversation with the rest of their company about, about, you know, this really cool event we put on that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun and and definitely, you know, people should be thinking about something other than games when they look at this VR technology and, you know, Apple's now coming out with their new thing. And I think that's going to really help people adopt the concepts a lot more. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, sorry. And and like, yeah, the team building aspects, I think, are like right there to and to explore the possibilities of what a company can do. You know, there there's a lot of things that we haven't even thought about yet that, you know, we could bring bring a company in to actually build something in VR mm-hmm. that you couldn't do in any other way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we we were talking with that fella Brayden. Uh, with chaos inc and he is doing actually that's not what the company's called that he's just starting up now but he has a bunch of vr headsets and he goes into schools and inside of like the gymnasium or whatever he has all the children wearing the headsets and running around well not running but moving quickly around in the in the in the gymnasium but because the way the technology works is when you turn your head and you look at somebody they're that they're actually it's it's real really i don't know what's the word what's the word i'm looking for the avatar that you're looking at through vr is actually connected to the physical beings in the space so they don't run into each other like they're not colliding and and crashing into each other because they can actually see each other yeah but they look like a little robot or something instead of the kid that's actually standing there and so they have these you know these immersive experiences with the with the children like the one that he had on his linkedin profile. I just saw yesterday and he's like, he's you see the solar system and you like, you can walk over and like pick up a planet and examine it. And then, <laughs> you know, and he's designing this, this technology himself. And so there, you know, you're going to be able to look at a planet and there's going to be like little information bubbles that pop up to talk about the planet's wow. atmosphere and all that stuff. Like, so what an immersive learning experience. So education is an easy win for VR, right? Like, yeah, you, know, 100%. you can see so many different ideas there, but my focus with vr is business and how you can you can bring this and you know when you work at a company where you have a bunch of remote workers and you know some of the companies these days have people all over the world uh well if you if you're tired of meeting on zoom uh you know as you know very well we meet two or three times a week in vr in the mornings and and it's like the people are right there in front of you. It's like you're in the same room and you're having this experience together, right? And like you said, you can see the emotions on their face and you can see their hands and moving around and stuff. And it's just such an incredible way to interact with people. And then if you throw in team-building exercises like a Nerf gun or (laughs) paintball or something like that... You can have so much
1: fun with it. Yeah. I was well, as you're talking about Braden and the outer space thing, it made me think about Commander Hatfield, how when he came back after his tour on the International Space Station, he was changed, uh, you know, and I think, you know, in a way that a lot of us would be given the same similar experiences that, you know, when you look at this, you know, fragile blue planet spinning below you. And you don't see those lines, those demarcation lines of, you know, what countries are what. And we are just one people on this rock that's spinning through the universe. It gives you a perspective. And I'm really excited for kids to get that perspective early. Like, because I never, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it. And I'm just like, that's the power of, you know, you can grab grab these kids and pull them out to the moon. And, you know, put them in this world where, you know, you can literally look down or, you know, grab an orbiting moon and look at it and, you know, examine it. And it's, it's a whole, that's powerful. And yeah. I'm just like, I, I got chills again. Ali, you gave me chills twice today. <laughs> that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So, I don't know, like, is there, i am sort of, just my mind's gone down the road of, of VR and creative <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. what about, like. Maybe let let's let's brainstorm a little bit together here with with they see startups and small businesses here in Calgary yeah. um being more innovative. Uh what's what's some what are some thoughts like because you, you talk to quite a few small businesses as well as some of the medium sized businesses. Yeah. What are you seeing? Are you seeing anything super innovative or or super creative that that you know is it stands
1: out? Uh Oh, that's good. Again, another good question. Um, you know what's funny? I've been thinking about this a lot lately is that this super innovative creative stuff really is, and I'm seeing more and more in-person things. And I don't know whether that's a whiplash effect from the pandemic, but I'm seeing more people connecting again in real life and telling I don't know. Do I I want to say truth telling, like telling, telling their truth a little bit, you know, more openly and honestly. And um, uh, what's another word for they're risking it. They're being very, um, what's the word Um, I'm looking for, Al? Uh. (laughs) I know the word you're looking for. And everybody in the audience has probably already
0: said it four times. Um, (laughs) But uh, um, vulnerable.
1: Thank you. That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, is that, is that, is that risky? Is that new? I mean, maybe. But I think that that's, that's a thing that I'm seeing a lot more of lately is the vulnerability of companies being open and truthful about where they're at in their journey. And, you know, and it's hard. I mean, everybody has got an angle. To, you know, if you, if you follow LinkedIn stuff, there's always a coach there who's telling you to do one thing one way. There's, you know, another agency that's telling you to do things this way. And, you know, if you scroll through TikTok or Instagram, there's like a, you know, you can't spit without hitting don't spit on people but you can't throw (laughs) a stick without you know don't throw sticks at people you can't reach out without (laughs) touching wait don't touch people Um, (laughs) you can't turn and look without seeing somebody (laughs) you know pitching some sort of angle and think thing that's standing out more and more to me lately is people that are just being there and Mm -hmm. being truthful yeah so yeah i think we could use a lot more of that genuineness
0: and vulnerability i think. You know, so for so long, you know, people were taught were you grew up thinking you have to be, you have to be strong and you have to, you know, suppress your feelings and, and yeah. make sure that everybody thinks you're successful and everybody thinks that you got it together and stuff. And so much, so many problems have come from that, right? You know, yeah. you know, men were taught to be the strong, solid person. And so they would hide all their feelings and they would have these incredible mental issues that. They felt they couldn't really express or share with anybody and and you know so many suicides and all kinds of other issues came out of that right and and you know sometimes if you just talk to somebody that's that's really makes a huge difference in the world and being being able to communicate better and i think you know it's it's a very natural thing for people to go from one direction all the way over to the other direction before balancing somewhere in the middle and That's what I see what's happening right now is we're all the way over heading in the other direction where people are like way out there and way exposing and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's great. Like, I believe that, you know, if you feel deep in your soul that you want to express yourself very loudly to the world, I mean, go for it. But, you know, just like people don't enjoy, you know, religious people coming to their door and trying (laughs) to sell them on their religions, you know, you do you. Yeah. And you don't you can you can you can let people know and 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 feel proud of yourself and what you're doing. Just don't force it upon other people. Right? Yeah. And so everybody should live and let live and everybody should, you know, speak their truth and all of that. I support that 100 percent. Yeah. Um, but also don't force anything on me. Because right, I get, to, I get to be me too, right? Yeah. You get to be you. I get to be me too, and yeah, yeah. whatever you're doing, good for you. But it's not me, so stay away from me, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool. Like, so I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing with Keegan, because I mean, obviously, oh, man. You're, you're working with your son, and and I think that's absolutely cool. So let's talk a little bit about that. But I want you to sort of head down the road of of the kitchen.ai Cause I know that you guys are doing that and it's oh, like super man. cool. So
1: yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for bringing that up. So Keegan is my eldest son and he was bugging me for years to jump on the AI bandwagon. He was in one of the early closed betas of open AI back in 2020, 2019, 2020, something like that. And he's just like, Oh, this thing is so cool. AI." It's like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway fast forward this you know this past year um, my parents decided to adjust their diet so this is this is the inciting incident okay (laughs) if you're if you're into you know screenplays or you know save the cat you'll know what i'm talking about so the inciting incident is my parents want to change their diet you know they are very healthy people they are still setting records in sports and athletics and wow um, they decide that they're going to Change things up, but where they went, they didn't have a lot of tasty options. So they basically they went to Keegan and said, "You know, can you adjust this? Can you use AI to adjust this recipe?" And he was like, "Oh, sure." So that ended up leading into a whole other raft of things, which is, can we get AI to create recipes? And we've downplayed this a little bit. We haven't really gone out into the world and you know shared what's happening in a big, big Sorry. way. <laughs> <laughs> well no this is this is good so we we ended up we threw a little bit of google adwords at it when it or AdSense at it when it first came out adwords adwords yeah we advertised it and we broke our server twice in one week <laughs> with a number <laughs> of people jumping onto it so then we had to shut that down so we could you know sandbox it and get it anyway so long story short is that the we now have an ai that's writing Recipes for us every day, basically every day of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is a tip. And okay. we do breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and dessert. Um, and the idea, and it takes a lot of there's a lot going on behind the scenes. It's not just going to chat GPT and being like, make us a recipe. Yeah. It will write the so it decides, you know, what it's going to be. So it's going to be breakfast. We can either let AI decide what, where it's going to come from the world, or we can be like, we'd like something that's East Indian influenced by Italian. And it will, you know, come up with something and it's going to be breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it's going to be for two people. So it will basically write this, give you an ingredients list. Um, And if you go to the kitchen.ai, you'll see all this stuff there. And then it'll tell you, it'll give you instructions on what to do with it. Now, there are some caveats (laughs) that AI has made this up. We don't know if it's good or not. Um, (laughs) It could be horrible. I know that one recipe says that you should toast almonds in a toaster. Don't do that. Uh, So (laughs) use some common sense. But basically, uh, it will create the recipe. It'll create the instructions for the recipe. We're also capturing what you need to, uh, you know, to make the recipe, like what sort of cooking implements, implements you need. And then we have the AI create the imagery of what the dish should look like. So it basically kicks out a prompt to mid journey and it creates that. And then we have it kick out a cute little robot, you know, trying to work out the recipe. So that's the, that's that part of that. As we're developing this, uh, I love to cook, but the thing that I hate about online recipes is I hate all the ads. Oh Yeah. So that when we, when we get to the ads, when we get to the recipe, you got to fight through the ads to, you know, finally find the ingredients list, which I'm trying to get to in the grocery store. It pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, so we removed all ads from the kitchen.ai. So that's step number one. Step number two is that at the beginning, there is always this long drawn out story about how this person discovered the recipe, blah, blah, blah. And again, thanks for writing it, but I know that you're writing it for SEO. I know you're writing it for other reasons. And I've got to scroll through that in order to get to the good stuff. So we decided we're going to keep that because it's hilarious. And we had the AI write its own story, how it discovered the recipe. And that is super funny, but we put it at the very bottom. So we're not going to interrupt. The the most important thing is the ingredients. What is it called? Uh, What do you need to make it? How do you make it? And then we'll have the cute stuff afterwards. So people will ask how it's how we how we afford to do this and we do it through we've got a buy me a coffee link we call it buy us a burger so you can you know donate and we've had some lovely people donate to us to help fund this adventure also we sell i don't know if i've got one we've got um aprons that we're selling as well as t-shirts so you can buy an ai made me do it or your food your way uh, we're also doing coffee cups here coming up soon. So everything's in the store. So everything that you buy helps us, you know, put this stuff out there and keeps it ad free. Uh-huh. We are currently building a, a much bigger thing behind the scenes. Keegan's been working tirelessly on this for months where you can create, you will be able to create a membership and put in your preferences. And then it will create, basically it'll take any recipe that we've got on our website. And actually you could pull in a recipe from any other website. And it'll convert it to your preferences. And here's the other thing that I didn't say, which I should have read at the beginning, is every recipe has, you can adjust flavor profiles. So I like it more umami. I like it more spicy. I like it sweeter. I like it blah, blah, blah. So <clears throat> currently in our current state, it will tell you how to do that with the recipe. Mm-hmm. Then there's drink pairing. So what drinks would go well with this dish, either alcoholic or non-alcoholic? And then there's health conditions so i've got this health condition how can i adjust this recipe based on this health condition or dietary restrictions so i'm now i'm a vegan and you're giving me a chicken noodle soup recipe how do i make that vegan and it'll tell you how to do that so with that that's baked into the current version baked in see what i did there (laughs) Um, and the new version is it'll take all that into consideration as it builds your recipes and that's we'll be doing a kickstarter here in the next month or two to funding for it because it's it's a big scary beast yeah but it's it's very close to mvp right now and nice uh, yeah we're going to be approaching different groups for funding for it because it's incredible like it really is it's one of those things that i think that's what ai is for
0: oh it you know what it's it's such a great site and uh, a lot of the recipes have actually been created by people i know keegan himself created some of the recipes <laughs> and he he literally went Oh my god, this is going to be a disaster, but he did exactly what it said. Yeah. And and he and he's like, "Wow, this is really <laughs> good." So, I mean, it obviously knows enough about chemistry and and yeah, the way flavors work together to be to come up with things that a human being probably would never do. Yeah. But maybe maybe chemically or or flavorfully they they technically do actually work together. Yeah. And so there's some really really interesting recipes on there that people have tried, and uh, you know I think you have a comment section where people can talk yep. about I made this recipe and it was really good or whatever. But that's it's such a fascinating site, and when you go through there, if you see the Oreo cheesecake that was inspired <laughs> by me, that's right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I still want to make that.
1: You haven't made it, looks, it yet, oh
0: no, I haven't. Oh, it looks really? so good though, yeah. Um, but yeah, what a fun what a fun thing. So we'll put that link in the show notes along with all the other stuff we've been talking about loose Moose yeah. theater and the pearson's funeral home and everything. i'm just going to put it all in the show notes oh, so that nice. people can explore if you do have a vr headset like an oculus 2 or an oculus pro let us know because you know we meet tuesday thursday and friday mornings at 8 a.m in one of the popular vr environments and it's like a coffee and chat sort of thing and so if that's if that interests you you can hang out with michael and myself and lee and ryan and brent and you know we sometimes keegan yeah and sometimes keegan and we shoot darts at each other and play basketball (laughs) and and sit around and chat about the universe and and how life could be better and stuff it's it's a good time yeah yeah very good Well, Michael, thank you very much for sparing some time for me today. It was really a pleasure chatting with you as always. And uh, yeah, anything you want to say uh,
1: in closing here? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This has been so great. I love the conversation. I love where it went. You're an amazing host. Uh, really oh, appreciate that. You. The only thing I would like to say is uh, I, I have rekindled the Rebel Rebel podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Rebel. would love for people to go check it out. The Rebel Rebel podcast.com. We'll put it in the show notes. But we're back to interviewing, you know, creative rebels and entrepreneurs all over the world. We're in season five. I'm probably going to end the whole season thing and just go to, you know, episodes. We're well over a hundred episodes now. And we've had some amazing people on. We will have more amazing people on. And uh, hey, Al, what do you think about <laughs> you on the Rebel Rebel that puts you on I'd love to. I'd
0: love to. That'd be fun.
1: That'd be all fun. All right. If anybody who's listening, they're like, Oh, I'm a creative rebel an entrepreneur and I'd like to share my story, please reach out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a brilliant podcast and definitely well worth listening to. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it. And again, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. And uh I'll see you on the other side. See you in VR.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Everybody else, please tune in next week. 8 a.m. on Tuesdays is when the new episodes launch. We usually post them on LinkedIn. It's You know, Rainforest Alberta has been absolutely amazing. They they do these beautiful little posts of the episode and with photos of the guest and the host. And uh, yeah, there's a like Rebel Rebel podcast. We've interviewed a lot of really really great people. So I encourage you to go back throughout the. We're on episode 237 right now. You could go back and couple hundred shows there where you we've interviewed some really really exciting people and as well. This is a community podcast, so I don't always host. I only host once in a while. If you feel like being a host, if you want to take your, your uh, opportunity to feel what it's like to be a radio DJ, <laughs> if you want to host a show, please do reach out. And if you want to be a guest on the show, please, please let us know. Everything's going to be found at libby.ca, L-I-B-I And that's also where you'll locate the show notes for this episode. And you can find all the links like the kitchen.ai and Lucy's yeah. Theater. All right, everyone. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Right on. Thanks, Al. Okay. Cheers. Have a great week. Bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. NIM helps new software developers, UI UX designers, and product managers gain mentored, hands-on industry experience. And at the same time, we provide companies with risk-free tech talent. Definitely a win-win-win situation. Visit newideamachine.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Del Deegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.